0: But would you turn with me this evening in the scriptures to the book of Romans, the fifth chapter, Romans chapter five, we have begun a couple of weeks ago, a new series on Friday nights called, anybody know it, reigning in life, right, maybe you didn't know it, but I I told you now, reigning in life is what we're calling it. And our master text is here in Romans chapter 5. In Romans, the fifth chapter, the 12th verse, let's pray and then we'll read. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. You're so good to us. We're so blessed in so many ways. And So many areas that we have to remind ourselves, we are thankful. We give you all the glory. Thank you for the Holy Word that is life to us, health and medicine to all of our flesh. Thank you for the great Holy Spirit, whom you've sent to indwell us and to be our guide and to be our teacher and our comforter and our helper in every area and way. We submit to Him. We yield to Him. I yield to you, Lord, let your words come through us, that we may speak as the oracles of God, that we may hear your very words by your anointing. Give everyone ears to hear and eyes that see, and hearts open and receptive. Let there come divine grace deposits and truth impartations, answers to questions, release and deliverance from problems, for your word is very powerful. We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. And we say by your grace, we'll respect what you give us. And we'll not be hearers only, but we'll be doers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. You believing with me tonight? Hallelujah. We're very close to some things. I sense in my spirit. The realm of the spirit and the realm of the natural Are so very close to each other. You know angels are here. You don't see them but they're here. And most of the time. People are not aware of of the realm of the spirit. Well God is spirit. But the more we get in the spirit. The more we're aware of him. And aware of activity. All our loved ones. That are saved. That are in heaven. They don't know everything. They don't know when we get a new car. And they don't know. You know, when we buy new clothes and don't care. But spiritual things, they're aware of. And so why would you say such a thing? The Bible said the angels in heaven rejoice when somebody comes back to the Lord. Yes. Well, they knew it. Well, if they knew it, other folks in heaven could know it too. Yes. Did you hear me? Yes. And so, uh, you know, I believe the Lord is bringing us up in awareness Can you tell, I mean, over the last few weeks, the faith has come up and awareness and sensitivity. Well, what's going to happen is God's going to give us stronger and stronger things. We're going to get more insight into his plan and his ways. Going to be more aware of him. Right? And that should be our desire and goal, not for you to be aware of me and not for me to be aware of you. But we ought to just be fine with us if we come in here and lay on the floor for two hours And can't see or think of anything but God. Right? We're so full of him. And his power and presence is so real and so strong. Well, if we'll stay hooked with him, he'll do things like that. Right? And we won't try to produce it. So people get in trouble when they try to make things happen. They try to produce things. And it's just flesh. And it gets in the way of the real. I don't want substitutes and junk. I want the real. Don't you? God is real. You don't have to make up something. You don't have to try to put on something. You can have the real thing. So let's focus on him tonight. Next service. Next service. Let's focus on him until we see him stronger and stronger. Talking about in our spirit. Clearer and clearer. We're more and more aware of him. And then that increased awareness of his presence stays with us when we leave. Right? And we're just are more aware of him at night in our bed. In the daytime on the job. We're just more aware of him. He's more real to us. Now, he hasn't changed. But our awareness of him can come way up. Right? Glory to God. Let's read this and release faith in what we just prayed. Romans five twelve. He said, as by one man, sin entered into the world. And death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all Have sinned for until the law sin was in the world, but sin's not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned. Death did what? What reigned? Why did death reign? How did death get in here? If there'd never been any sin, there would never have been any death. Now that might, that's kind of hard for us to grasp because we live in a world full of death. Flowers died, trees died, animals died, human beings died. But it was never supposed to be that way. It was not intended to be that way. In the beginning, the flowers did not die. The trees did not die. The animals and humans did not age. And soon and very soon, it's going to be restored back to that. How many believe what you read in the book of Revelation? That there'll be no more curse and there'll be no more crying no more sorrow. No more dying. No more hospitals. No more mental institutions. No more cemeteries. No more funeral homes. No more. All be like a bad dream. No more aches and pains. Soon and very soon. Death, though, because of sin, rained. It rained. From Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned, after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. Verse 17, skip down please. Verse 17, if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign. In life, by one Jesus Christ. Do you believe that verse? Yes, what did the verse say? It said, Death reigned because of sin, but has something changed since Jesus has come? <laughs> Is grace available in Him? Is righteousness available in Him? Yes, and by this grace, and by this righteousness, we have the privilege of death not ruling and reigning over us, but us ruling and reigning in life. In life. Other translations say, in this life. Everybody say it out loud. By grace, by grace. and righteousness, and righteousness. I, reign in life I reign in life by Christ Jesus. By Christ Jesus. Is that scripture? Now, this is not something that you necessarily see like you should the first time or two or ten times you hear it. The devil has so blinded the minds of men on the face of the planet, the Bible says that in 2 Corinthians 4 4. Satan is called the God of this world, and he's blinded the minds of them that believe not. He's continuing to reign. And the curse is reigning in this world. It's all you gotta do is look around and see are things dying and people being cursed and all manner of terrible things. But he's doing it illegally. Because Jesus has defeated him. Right? And we're not promised that, you know, we're going to be immortal in this physical body. In fact, we're told, you know, that it is appointed unto man once to die. But We have been given the earnest of our inheritance. And we do not have to let sin rule over us. We do not have to let the curse rule over us. We do not have to let death rule over us. We can rule and reign. So much to the point to where 1 Corinthians 15 says that even at death, we can look at the grave. And we say, ha, grave, where's your victory? You have none. Right? Death, where's your sting? Do we have victory over death? Yes. To so many people, that's not real. And they mourn like people who have no hope. But friend, when you're saved, when Jesus is your Lord and you've been born again and you a new creation in Christ Jesus, death is not the end. Amen. Death is not defeat. Amen. Right? Amen. You step out of your body. It falls to a clump on the floor and you say, I'll pick you up soon. Amen. And you're out of here. To check out your new mansion. Yeah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Dead? Nah. Your body sleeps, but you're very much alive. Amen. Right? More aware than you've ever been. Don't feel sorry for Christians who die. I said, don't feel sorry for Christians. Who you people that's born again, don't. Who? Are you kidding? No. He said, death reigned because of sin. But now we can reign because of the righteousness that's in Christ. Reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Skip down to verse 21. As sin has reigned to death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I know you may not feel like you understand all of that. And certainly we don't. But this is going to grow in you. It's going to grow on you. And uh, we're going to camp on this. Are you believing with me now? If we fully understood this, you know, we'd be running and shouting and running up and down the aisles here all night long and probably until tomorrow. Hmm? We haven't seen this. We haven't understood what this means. But you just got to receive it by faith. Right? Before you understand it, just say, I believe this. I accept this. Death no longer reigns over me. Sin, no longer, Sin no, longer the no longer reigns over me. The devil no longer reigns over me. I reign in life. Reign in life by, Christ by Christ Jesus. Now you couldn't say that too much. I reign in life. It'd help you get up in the morning, look in the mirror and go, I reign in life. I reign in life. Ride down the road in your car going, I reign in life. I reign in this life. By Christ Jesus. Faith comes by hearing. Even if you don't understand it. Even if you don't know what it means. Just say it. And say it. And hear it and say it. And say it and and hear it. And hear it and say it. Something will begin to work inside you. It will begin to get bigger than your understanding. And you'll begin to get excited. And your head will go what, what, what? Your head don't even know why you're so excited in your spirit. But your head will eventually catch up some. But you can be ruling and reigning in the meantime. While your head's still catching up. You know, Brother Kenneth Hagin, my father in the faith, he said as a little boy, talking about this same principle that you don't have to understand what it means to enjoy it. He said as a little boy, he could not figure it out. He looked at it and they had a black cow that gave white milk. And you'd churn it and it made yellow butter. <laughs> he couldn't figure that out. Well, the cow, the black cow ate green grass and gave white milk and it made yellow butter. But he said all the time he's trying to figure it out. He's a drinking the milk and a eating the butter. (laughs) Right? And you don't have to understand to figure it out before you can enjoy it. You did not have to figure out and understand how the blood of Jesus saves you and cleanses you before you could be saved. Just believe it. You don't have to understand how by his stripes you're healed. Just believe it. You don't have to understand how Him becoming poor makes you rich. Just believe it. Just believe it. And believe that by His righteousness and by His grace, I now reign in life by Christ Jesus. Say it again, real strong. I reign in life. I reign in life. I reign in life, I reign in life by Christ Jesus. Well, that's way different from being defeated, right? From being overcome. No. No. Go with me please over to the book of Revelation. The fifth chapter. Now in our first session we talked about. We went back to Genesis. And we saw in Genesis 1. 26 and 28. How God created man in his own image. And the first thing he said was what? Have dominion. Are we created to have dominion? We were created to rule and reign. You skip on over. That's the very beginning. That's the first page in the Bible. Genesis 1. You skip on over to the end. Revelation 22 and 5. It says we will reign forever and ever. Talk about us. Were we created to have dominion? Are we destined to have dominion? Yes, we are. And see, the devil, oh, he doesn't want us to know this. I mean, he's worked so hard for centuries to confuse people about this. And you got all these unscriptural sermons and all these unscriptural songs. I'm just a beggar wandering in the heat and cold. And the devil goes, yeah, sing it again with gusto. (laughs) It's sad. People get up and sing stuff like that. Oh, I don't want any of this world's goods. I'm just a beggar, just a worm. And get all teared up and cry and think they're being blessed. And just being ignorant. Did you hear me? No, let's examine every song. Let's examine every message. Let's examine every book by the book. And if you can't find it in here, quit singing it. I don't care how catchy it is. I don't care how much your soul likes it. Are you listening now you listen now. See there's a lot of stuff that's soulical. That is unspiritual. Oh yeah. You, it moves you. You're moved. You're to tears. Or, or you like to pat your foot. That doesn't mean it's God. That doesn't mean it's spiritual. And so much of the church is that way. I had a fellow got up one time, bless his heart, and he bragged on how he could preach a sermon and work the people into a lather and never use one scripture. That's what he said. Well, so what? Everybody got hot and bothered. You can be spitting cotton and you can go out and and fatigued and tired and go, whew. What a service. Well, yeah, what? What kind? You know, a lot of stuff is like a great big ball of cotton candy. It tastes sweet. It's multicolored. But you can eat the whole thing. And what do you got? It ain't all about shouting. It ain't all about hooping and hollering and carrying on. And you got the other end of this. The intellect. There are people who can give you an expository. They can give you the etymological roots of all the words. And they can quote the Greek and the Latin and the Chaldean and the Aramaic and four different theologians. And when you hear it, you go, hmm. That's interesting. I guess. Did you understand what it is? And people leave impressed with their knowledge. That's not God. That's not the spirit of God. It's just human intellect. It can't heal you. It can't save you. It can't pay you bills. Did you hear me? And it's a sad reality that much of the church world, this is all they have. People come and they think together. And they leave going, wow, those were some thoughts, weren't they? (laughs) Some interesting statistics. And agreeing that stuff is wrong and that somebody ought to do something and come back and do the very same thing next week, next week, and next week. Dead, powerless, faithless, no victory, not reigning. Being dominated over. Oh but friend. That's not the kind of Christianity. The apostle Paul lived. That's not the kind of Christianity. Peter and John lived. They saw miracles. They saw healings. They saw thousands. Come to the Lord in one day. They saw victory. Over the elements of nature. And over the devil on every hand. Well God hadn't changed. God hadn't lost his power. The Bible hadn't changed. That's available to you. That's available to me. Glory to God. Thank God for the word. Thank God for the truth. Thank God for reality. Not hype. Hoopla. (laughs) Where are you in the scriptures? Good for you. Revelation chapter 5. I said we... Went back to Genesis. We saw we were created to rule and reign. We, if you jump over to Revelation, you're there. So just go back to the back. 22. Talking about the future. 22.1. This is the back of the book, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. We, we started in Genesis 1. And we saw we were created to have dominion. That was the first page in the Bible. This is the last page. Revelation 22. He showed me a pure river of water of life. Of what? Is God a God of death or life? Life, Life, not death. Clear as crystal. Not muddy. Proceeding out of the throne of God and the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river. Was there the tree of? Life. Not death, not death. Life. Which bear twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the what? Healing. Healing. Has God always been a God of life? Always been a healing God. Always will be. And there shall be no more curse. We've never known a world like that. I said, we've never known a world like that. Do you know what that means? We don't know. But that means it'll never be too hot again by one degree. Nor will it ever be too cold, even by one degree. Now, how the Lord is going to work that where everybody is happy is a mystery. But he's God. The wind will never blow too hard. There'll never be a destructive storm. There'll never be a a hurricane or a tornado or an earthquake There'll never be anything that rots or smells. I guess there won't be any cleaning. (laughs) I doubt there'll be any more ironing. (laughs) Boy, I saw a lot of hands raised on that. Oh, glory to God. Why? Because, see, everything is affected by the curse. And that's what we're used to. We think that's normal, but that's not the way God intended. There'll be what? No more curse. Friend, that's something to shout about the rest of your life. No more curse. But the throne of God and the lamb will be in it and his servants shall serve him. Somebody raise your hand and say, that's me. That's me. I'm one of them. That's me. And they'll see his face. Oh, my. This is our future we're reading about. This is not fairy tale. This is our future yes. we're reading about. We will see his face. His face is so glorious and so amazing that you can't see it and remain mortal. No man has ever seen his face and continued to live mortal. That's how powerful just looking at right in the face of the Almighty is. But you and I, I guess, are going to see his face all the time. His name will be in their foreheads. Everybody will know where He is. There will be no night there. No night. And they need no candle. And they don't need the light of the sun. They won't need electricity. They won't need any of that. For the Lord God gives them light and what? And what? What? They shall reign. They shall reign. Forever and ever it's what we were made for it's what we were created for it's what we are destined for and ordained to reigning so you better get used to it I said you better get used to it you better open up to the ideas well now brother Keith I and all this ruling and reigning hey wasn't my idea it's your destiny you better warm up to it right ruling and reigning Forever and ever. Now back up to the fifth chapter of Revelation. Revelation 5. I wonder what you're going to be reigning over. It's going to be something. Maybe I'll come check yours out sometime. You can come check mine. We're destined. Verse 9, Revelation 5, 9, they sung a new song saying, you are worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof for you were slain and has hast, means you've already done it, redeemed us to God by your blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation." And hast made us unto our God, what? Kings Kings and priests. priests. That's us, every one of us. Created, redeemed, and destined to be a king and a priest. Every one of us. Every one of us. Is that true? Said out loud, "The the Lord Jesus has redeemed me. By his, blood, by his own blood, and he's made me, he's made me unto, my God, unto my God a king, a king and, a and a priest. What's the rest of it? And what? We and we shall reign on the earth. On the earth. <laughs> Say that out loud again. We shall reign on, on, the, earth. on the earth. Say it again. We shall reign. On the earth. Say it again. We shall reign on the earth. Now certainly that's future. But there's also present application of this. We don't enjoy the fullness of it. We're in training right now. But how many understand if you're in training to be a swimming champion, what do you do? You swim. If you're in training to be a runner, champion runner, what do you do? Run, Run. whatever you're training to do, you have to do that, right? I go for flight training regularly. What do you reckon we do there? We don't sit around and drink coffee and talk about freight trains or submarines. What do you think we talk about? Oh, it's airplanes in the morning and at lunchtime and when the sun goes down and then we get in the simulator and we fly. And we fly and we fly. Well, now, we're not actually flying. We're only about 15 feet off the ground. But well, we're training to fly. When you're training to fly, you fly. Mm-hmm. When you're training to rule and reign, what do you do? Rule and reign. Only thing it would, that would train you for it would be some ruling and reigning. That's right. yeah. Down here. Yeah. Now. Right? That's right? Right? Now, he said... That Jesus has made us to our God kings and priests. Now this will give you a lot of insight into how you rule and reign. We reign as kings reign. How does a king reign? Go with me to Ecclesiastes 8 and then Job 22. Ecclesiastes 8. I could read them to you or quote them to you, but it'll register on you better if you'll turn there yourself. And go ahead and mark these. You might say, well, I'm not a preacher. Oh, yeah, you are. You may not be called to stand behind a pulpit, but there may be somebody tomorrow afternoon ask you a question about this. Did you hear me? And it's not okay for you to look at them with a dumb, you know, deer in the headlight stare and go, well, I'm... I'm not a pre- No, you were here tonight. Yeah. Right? You turned to the verse. Yes. And even if you have to say, well, I don't know, but I got it marked. I can find it for you, and I'll tell you tomorrow. Even if you have to do that, just don't say, I don't know. Leave it at that. Everything the Lord gives you is ultimately for you to give away and share with somebody else. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These things are too good to keep to yourself. Ecclesiastes 8. Are you there? Good. Y'all are quick and sharp. Good looking. Very rich. And a major blessing. That's you. That's you and me. That's us. Ecclesiastes 8. Notice this word, then we're going right to Job 22. Ecclesiastes 8 and verse 4, just this verse. Ecclesiastes 8, 4 says, where the word of a king is, there is power. Look at it again. Where the word of a king is, there is power. Kings, of course we're studying this on Sundays, unless the Lord says something different about us having, being free from fear. And coupled with this, we're talking about power. With our study here, we've differentiated between the word exousia, which is authority, and the word dunamis, which is power. We've got both authority and power. Well, the king has the right to say and do what he decides best, and he has the power Of his military and everything else to back it up. But how does he do it? How does he exercise this great authority? Tells you exactly the medium. Right? The way. How does he do it? With his word. Where the word of the king is. There is power. Now we're getting into it now friends. How does a king rule and reign? If a king wants a ditch dug. Does he go looking for a shovel? No, he does not. How does he get the ditch dug? If he's got all kind of people ready there to do things for him, he's got the authority to get things done. How does he do it? All he need do is sit there on his throne and say, let a ditch be dug. Right? Today. And somebody or several somebodies run for a shovel. Or a backhoe. Right? (laughs) But he didn't move. Did it require intense physical effort? No. No. How did he do it? Did he just start fasting? No. And he's going to fast until somebody picks it up. No. What did he do? He had to speak. And when he spoke... Where the word of the king is, there was power that was released to affect what he said. Now go to Job, please. Job 22. Where the word of a king is, there is power. Are you a king? Are you sure? We showed you more than one scripture. If you'll delve into it, you'll find even more for yourself. You've been made a king. Whether you feel like it, whether you don't, doesn't change the Bible. Whether you look like it or whether you don't, doesn't change the Bible. In Job 22 and 28, ah, uh, this is so good. Let me back up. Verse 21. This is so wonderful. Acquaint now yourself with him to my God. This is Job 20. Two twenty-one. Acquaint yourself with him and be at peace. Thereby good will come to you. When you press into God and you draw near to him and you know him, are you going to have peace? Yes. Is good going to come to you? Yes. Yeah. Verse 23. If you return to the Almighty, what will happen to you? You'll be built up. You'll put away iniquity far from your tabernacles. Then you will lay up gold as dust. <laughs> The gold of Ophir as the stones of the brooks. You know, you just have to stay away from the Bible to believe in poverty. Amen. Did you know that? You, do. you have to stay out of the Bible to believe it. Because it's all through the Bible. How many believe you could take that verse for yourself? Yeah. That if I press into God and get to know him, good will come to me. Yes. I'll be built up. I can lay up gold and money like dust. Am I reading the Bible? Yes. You lay up gold of Ophir. That was the best gold, the finest, purest gold. Like stones of the brooks, just pile them up. Yea, the Almighty will be your defense. And you'll have plenty of silver. Glory to God. Then you'll have your delight in the Almighty and you'll lift up your face to God. This sounds like somebody that is sold out to God, don't it? You'll make your prayer to Him and what will happen? He'll hear you. You'll pay your vows. How many believe the Lord is enabling us to do everything we put on that list about what we have in our heart to give and put into the kingdom of God? You know that's His will. So He's bringing it into our power and enabling us to do it. Amen. We can fulfill what we said we desired and claimed and believed to do. Verse 28. You shall also what? Decree Decree a thing. And then what will happen? It will be established to you. And the light will shine upon your ways. When men are cast down. That's somebody, people other than you. You'll tell them there is a lifting up. And he'll save The humble person. He'll deliver the island of the innocent. It's delivered by the pureness of your hands. Because of your walk with God. And because of you understanding how to decree things. And rule and reign. People around about you will be delivered and helped and blessed. And set free. And of course you got all this gold piled up too. So you can pay off houses. And buy cars for people. and So big checks into the work of God. Amen. Amen. Am I talking about anybody here tonight? Is is this? Hmm? It wouldn't hurt you to go ahead and put your name in there. Keith will lay up gold like the dust. Keith will have plenty of silver. Whatever your name is. Bobby Sue Ann will decree a thing and it'll be established to Bobby. And the light will shine on Bobby's ways. Is that right? Now, this is, again, a very clear description of how kings reign. How do they reign? Where the word of the king is, there's power. And you, when you know God and you walk with God, you will decree a thing and it'll be established to you. And light will come. Come out divine light and shine on your way. That embraces guidance and direction and provision and every good thing that's in God. God is light. Can you say amen? Amen. Now go with me now please to the book of uh, Mark. This is so big, there's so many ways to go, but you're believing with me, right? No, don't go to Mark. Go to Luke. I was recently reading in Luke. And boy, I saw some good things. Anybody else ever seen any good things? In Luke. And in Luke 7, there's some rich things. You having any fun? You okay? Good. We're not wasting your time now. The Lord works in numerous different ways. I mean, there are times when you'll see somebody shout and jump, and carry on, and nothing happened. And there are times when somebody shouts, and something did happen inside of There are other times somebody may sit beside you, and not make a sound, but something happened deep inside them. Some word got in them, and began to put down roots, You won't see it the next day or the next week. But it'll begin to come up and grow up inside them. And then fruit will begin to come outside where you can see. And you may not see it all at first. But there'll be changes here in how they act. And how they think. And how they talk. And as the weeks and months go by. They're a different person. Than they were or would ever have been. And it was the word working inside them that did it. How many understand that this is precious seed? Every word in here. Can change your life totally. If it gets in you. But you know Jesus in the parable of the sower. He talks about how the sower sowed the word. But immediately in so many people's lives. The word is stolen. They never understood it. They never got in them. They never got started. Then others the seed got in. But other stuff in their life. Too much other stuff going on. Choked it out. Oh but there's some. That it gets in. And through patience they hold on to it. And it springs up and bears fruit. 30, 60, Hundredfold. How many understand you're going to see that? Right? When the word bears a hundredfold fruit in people's lives, that means their life is changed. It's different. Victory, life, manifest. In Luke, the seventh chapter, Luke chapter seven, verse one says, When he had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum. A certain centurion servant was dear to him. Was sick and ready to die. When he heard of Jesus. He sent to him the elders of the Jews. Beseeching him that he would come. And heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus. They besought him instantly. Saying he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loves our nation. He's built us a synagogue. How many understand you do not have to be a preacher. To be used of God. Who is this man? He's a soldier. He is a commander of a unit. Of the military. God must have blessed him. He built these people a church. Right? A soldier. You know, so many times people have these, you know, lies that cripple them in their life. They think, well, because I do this, I could never have this. And it never even crosses their mind that God could use them to do some things. But they don't care if you stock groceries. I don't care if you pump gas. I don't care what you do. There's no limit to what God can do with you. Yes, right. Did you hear me? Right, sir. Here's a man, a soldier. He's not a prophet. He's not an apostle. He's not a pastor. He's not a theologian. He's not a scholar. He's not a businessman. He's a soldier. And he's so blessed. He's so strong that he, out of his pocket, built a church. Glory to God. Said out loud, God can use me too. God can use me too. And uh, so much so that these elders came to Jesus and they said, Lord, you know, if you can do something for this man, he really has done so much for us. And Jesus went with them. When he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, trouble not yourself, for I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Now, A lot of people that had done so much for the church that have felt like he should have come see them. Right? Well, I built that church over there. They better have time for me. These are the people who don't receive. Because you can't buy a blessing. You can't buy healing. Are you with me? No, I don't care what you think you've done. You don't approach the Lord like he owes you something. Every blessing we have is because the Lord bought it and paid for it. It belongs to us, but it's because of what he did, not because what we do. And uh, he said, neither thought that I myself worthy to come to you. See, he's a man with blood on his hands. No telling how many people he's killed. No telling how many troops and, and, you know, groups they've massacred. But that's his job. That's who he is. That's what he's done. But he loves God. And he's blessed of God. Right? He said, you know, you don't have to come to my house. He said, but if you'll do this. What? (laughs) Just speak the word. That's all you you need to do for me. If you would, please. Just speak the word. And what did he say would happen? Just say in a word. And my servant shall be healed. Because I'm a man who's under authority. And then I have soldiers under me. And when I tell one go, what happens? He goes. (laughs) He He knows he better go. And when I tell somebody else come, what happens? He He comes. They had tight discipline in the Roman army. When his commander told him something, I mean, there's no debate. You did it. When he gave his soldiers a command, they did it. There's no discussion. They did it. What's he telling Jesus? I recognize you have authority. I'm submitting to your authority. If you'd just give the command, I know it'll be done. Just say the word, please. Would you just please say the word? And I know my servant shall be healed. Know if it be thy wills. I guess it's a shame that modern theologians weren't there to correct him and tell him that he should have prefaced it with an if It he forgot all that. I'm so glad they weren't there to confuse him. And when Jesus heard what this man said, what did he say? Jesus marveled. Now, I understand Jesus did not marvel about just any and everything. Right? It took something to impress him. He actually stopped. You put this with the other accounts. He stopped and used this as an object lesson for his staff. Didn't he? This guy hadn't been with him. He hadn't been in his services, he hadn't been in his meetings. He stopped and he basically said, Wow. Now, boys, that's faith. I hadn't seen faith like this in any church I've been to. I hadn't seen faith like this in any preacher I've met around here. And of course, what's the implication? <laughs> in you guys too, right? He seen, now let's read it and see that he said, I haven't seen faith like this. No, not in the whole country, right? Israel. Well, that means he had not seen it in them either. Because that's where they were. And they that were sent returning the house found the servant whole that had been sick. If you read the other accounts, he said the word. And the servant was healed. He spoke the word. Where the word of a king is, there's power. You'll decree a thing and it shall be so to you. But we're seeing not only authority, but we're seeing what faith is. Right? right? What is real faith? You see, so, so much of the problem with folk not receiving, it's not because it's not God's will for people to be healed. It's because they don't respect him. They don't respect his word. A soldier in this group, he didn't show up unkept, sloppy, You didn't show up in the Lord's army. The Bible says we're to endure hardness as good soldiers. Jesus is called the captain of our our salvation. And you can come and report for duty. And say permission to be healed sir. And if he says you are healed by my stripes. Then millions look back at him and go. I don't feel healed. Because you know the doctor said. And boy it sure hurt. It hurt me. Kept me up all night last night. And I've been taking that medicine and boy, it hurts my stomach too. What's the problem? No respect. No discipline. No faith. When you step up and you say, permission to be healed, sir. He says, you are healed, soldier. Thank you, sir. And that's it. right. Right? No question. You don't check your body. You don't have to wait for a piece of paper. If the head of the church tells you you're healed, that ought to be good enough for you. He was good enough for this man. He said, if you would just say so, if you would just say so, I know my servant will be healed. Has he said so? Glory to God. He said so. He said so. But then we must learn this and follow his example. Did you know in so many cases when Jesus ministered to people that needed healing, he didn't pray for them. So uh, listen, I'm just going to name you off a few. The nobleman's son, he didn't pray for him. He just said, go your way, your son lives. What does that sound like? Uh, That's a word, right? He's not talking to the father. Go, he lives. Peter's mother-in-law said he rebuked the fever. What does that mean? He's not praying. He's not talking to the father. He's not talking to Peter. He's not talking to Peter's mother-in-law. He's talking to the fever. He said, Fever, get out of here. Get gone. Is that what you do with fevers? Most Christians don't. Is that what you do with heartburn? Is that what you do to high blood pressure? I read that one day. And when I read it, I, thought, I read, you know, in Luke, what is it, four? And he said, uh, He rebuked the fever. And I stopped. Now, first time I'd seen it, I thought, Now he's talking to a fever. I thought, can fevers hear? Can a fever? See, we don't think like that. Can a fever hear? I read the next verse. It said, and it left her. I said, yeah, I guess so. so yeah. <laughs> it must have. Right? right? But see, we've been so programmed with unbelief and tradition, we don't even think like that. It seems weird. It seems strange for somebody to follow Jesus' example. And you've got all these folks that want to pipe up and go, well, yeah, but now that's Jesus, Brother Keith. And they're implying that you ain't him. (laughs) Well, I know that. But I also know that he's my example. And he's teaching us how to handle things. Everything he did is a direct revelation of the will of God for all people for all time. He rebuked that fever and it left. He told the leper, be clean. And he was, that's not prayer. He told the man born by four, rise, take up your bed and walk. That's not prayer. Man at the pool of Bethesda, rise, take up your bed. Man with the withered hand, stretch out your hand. Centurion servant, we just got through reading. Canaanite girl, it'll be to you just like you believe. To the deaf, he said, be open. To the blind, he said, be open. Woman with the infirmity, be loosed. What is that? What is that? Are you hearing a theme here? Is he reigning? Is he reigning over disease? Get out. Stop. Be open. Be healed. Be whole. See, so many times people are praying when they should be saying. They're trying to get God to do what he told us to do. Now go to Mark, please. And I think I can wind this up with this. Mark chapter 11. I got a couple of verses marked in there. Mark chapter 11. This whole account is because they walked by and Jesus spoke to a tree. Is that right? Should we operate differently than how Jesus operated? Is there a better way? Or is he our example? He spoke to the enemy. He spoke to fevers. He spoke to the wind and waves. He spoke to trees. Are we supposed to do that same thing? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I got a weather station that I used, you know, for flight planning and stuff like that on my desk. And I looked at it today, and I do this all the time. And I saw some stuff developing out to the west. Every time I do it, I say, no, you don't. You go around me. Just point your finger towards it and say, no, you know, damaging winds, hail, uh, you know, lightning, damaging, go around me. Winds, blow it around me in Jesus' name. So, "Well, Who do you think you are? Well, I know who I am. Who are you? Do you know who you are? You think you're somebody. No, I know whose I am. I'm learning that I'm in him and he's in me. Are you with me now? Nobody can tell me any different. They come too late. It'd be like coming to a fellow doing the backstroke in the pool saying, ain't no water in there. There's no water in there. Well, he's wet, okay? You can't tell him. Ain't no water in there. Phyllis and I flew all over this country. I mean, from East Coast to West Coast and Canada to the South of Texas in a little single-engine plane that had no weather gear for years. And we have seen it. She's here. She can testify. We have seen a 10-mile swath cut through all the junk all the way to our destination. Praise God! Glory to God. We've seen it too many times, too many things. I've seen tumors. I remember a lady one time several years ago, she had this big growth on her wrist. I mean, this thing is like this. And she got stirred up and was ready for us to pray for her. And I put my hand on it just like this. And we spoke to it. I said, you growth, I command you to dissolve and go away. Be gone in Jesus' name. I felt it under my hand. Just went flat. Just that quick. And I moved my hand. And she said, it's gone. I said, I know. <laughs> well, the Lord did that. But would he have done it if we didn't cooperate with him? Why so many times are things not done? You have not because you ask not. And you have not because you don't operate like he operated. Were we made to rule and reign? Do we have to let disease rule us? Or can we turn on it and go, no, you don't. No, no, that's it. That's enough. Thus far you come and no further. Cancer, you're not spreading in my body. I command you to die. You stop at where you are and you die and you dry up. Now you know why people don't say that? Because they don't believe it. And that would be all the reason why it don't work. But I know people who have believed it. And have done it. And were supposed to have been dead 15 years ago. And are alive and strong and working on a job today. Many of them. Glory to God. Everybody say, I rule. I reign reign in life life by Christ Jesus. Jesus. Now I'm going to give you something to leave on here in Mark 11. How do kings reign? They reign by their words. Jesus said in Mark 11, after he had spoken to this tree, he said, no man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. I mean, even even horticulturists, many of them believe that if you'll talk to your flowers. Huh? Even unsaved people. Why? Because they've seen results. Why? It's a spiritual principle. People don't realize it. Your dog, your cat, your cows, everything around you. You can curse stuff and not even realize what you're doing. You go, this sorry car, this piece of junk, I'm so tired of it. It's the sorriest car I've ever had. Well, you're about to see sorry. (laughs) You are calling for sorriness. Stuff that wasn't going to break is going to break. Now, I know people don't believe this. I know it. But if you read the Bible, the further you get into it, it becomes inescapable. Your words. You are justified by your words, Jesus said, or you are condemned by your words. Your words are so important that we'll give an account for every idle, meaningless word. That's how serious this whole thing is. But if you say, man, this is a good car, are you mad to be calling those things that be not as though they were? You said, boy, this is a good car. This is a blessed car. As long as I own this car, it's going to run like a top. It, I don't care if you're having to pay a bill. Why are you saying it? Did you hear me? This is all by faith, right? This is a blessed house. Never talk about your bad eye. My bad knee. You're the king over that knee. If you decree it to be bad, it's got no choice. That's right. Amen. <laughs> My weak arm, no, no, don't talk like that, don't talk like that. Some folks got something worth coming tonight, just right there. when they said, "Look at that tree, Lord, he said, yeah, mark eleven twenty two verse twenty one Peter said, "Master, look, the fig tree that you cursed is withered away. Did it work? He spoke to it, and it happened. that's exactly what we did with that growth. We commanded it to die and wither away. And it happened. I said, Mr. How do you know? I was there. I saw it. I felt it. He said, have faith in God. Now we know one of the strongest examples of faith he would seen in the whole nation was a man who said, just say it. Yeah. Right? Yes, just say it. And that's the very next thing the Lord says. For verily I say to you that whatsoever you shall say see people have made fun of us they made fun of other folks not realizing they're making fun of Jesus I didn't write Mark eleven twenty three, nor did Brother Kenneth Hagin nor did Kenneth Copeland nor did any of those guys right that was in there a long time before they were born well y'all are just that blab it grab it bunch at confess it possess it name it frame it claim it bunch We're also the bunch that gets results. We're the bunch that read testimonies every service. Is that right? But people don't realize what they're making fun of. Jesus is the one, the head of the church, the master. He said. In fact, if you put Matthew 21 with this, he said, if you have faith and not doubt, you shall not only do what is done to the tree. But if you say to this mountain, be removed, is he telling them they can do what he did? Yeah. Right. You're going to have to turn there. Some of you looking at me like, what well, did he really say that? Yeah, he said it. I wouldn't lie to you. Matthew. But you shouldn't just take my word for it. That's right. Don't take my word for it. Take his word for it. Matthew 21. Same happening, but Matthew's account. Matthew 21.20. Are you there? Matthew twenty one twenty. When the disciples saw it, they marveled and they said, How soon is the fig tree withered away? They knew it wasn't natural, it was too quick. And Jesus answered and said to them, Verily I say to you, how many when he puts verily in front of it, can you take that to the bank? Now he said, This is how it is, and don't doubt it. Heaven and earth will pass away, but this is not going to pass away. Verily, I say to you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this, which is done to the fig tree. Is he telling them they could have done that? Yes. And they could do it in the future. Not only do that, but if you'd say, if you'd what? Say, say to the mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea. It shall be done you'll decree a thing Amen. and it'll be established to you yep. where the word of a king is there's power yes. are you looking at the book now did he tell them they could have done what he did yes. Yes. see this is where people are you know missing it right and left this and we yeah but now that's jesus brother well listen to what jesus said he said, if you have faith and don't doubt, you could do what I did. You could do that. And not only could you do that, but you see that mountain over there? Well, that's bigger than a tree. They said, yeah. He said, you could speak to that thing. And if you wouldn't doubt but believe that what you said would come to pass, you'd have whatever you said. When it dawns on your spirit, it makes you excited. You begin to get a realization of, I don't have to let stuff run over me anymore. I don't have to be under a flu or under an allergy. If somebody found something in my body, say, well, it's a death sentence. Well, it's got that. Well, it's all over. No, it ain't all over. Amen. It's not all over. It doesn't have to rule over us. We can reign over it. We can say, no, you don't. Not in my body, you don't. Hallelujah. But you got to believe it. Yeah. you got to become persuaded of it. Until you'll rise up, not iffy and not wavery, but you do rise up. Well, I don't know, Brother Keith believes that. Well, that's not good enough. you got to believe it, yeah. right? you got to see it for yourself in this book. And if you don't see it, if you're not persuaded, that's all right. Get to tape tonight. Go over these scriptures. Hear it again and again. Check it out. See if you can prove me wrong. Did you hear me? Yeah. Right. Check it out. Go over it and over it until you see for yourself that you've been made to reign. You've been called, you've been ordained, you've been destined to rule and reign. (laughs) Poverty doesn't have to reign over you. You are not stuck in a go-nowhere job. You're not stuck in a rut. You're not stuck in a part of town you don't want to be in or an occupation. You're not stuck anywhere unless you believe you are. Hmm? You begin to say, I'm coming out. I'm coming up. <laughs> God's taking me somewhere. And it's a good place. And if you don't like it, if it's not right, if it's cursed, you begin to speak against it and say, no, uh-uh, I am not settling for this. There was a time when Phyllis and I were so broke, we weren't at the bottom of the barrel, we were under the barrel. And the barrel's on top of us. I mean, behind, not only didn't have anything, behind, way behind. And I begin to say, we're coming out. I'm not living like this. I don't have to live like this. But instead of people saying, well, we're poor, but we're proud. Uh Uh-uh. No, I'm not staying poor. I don't have to. Now, if it was God's will for me, fine. I'd submit to it. But it's not. It's man's idea. I'm coming out. I begin to say, I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm going to write big checks and put it into the work of God. I'm coming out. God's going to use me to bless other people. I'm going to be blessed. I'm coming out. It didn't happen in a month. It didn't happen in three. But old friend, as the years have gone by, he just keeps bringing us up. Bringing us up. Bringing us up. Bringing us up. up. What is it? It's not because we're so smart and because we're so sharp because we know everything. It's because the Word of God. The Word of God. Hallelujah. is working in us. It'll work in anybody that'll receive it. It'll work in anybody that'll believe it. Can you say amen? Jesus said. If you'll say to that thing, and don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say comes to pass, you will have what you say. He said it. Well, you're a Haganite. Brother Hagan didn't say that. Who said that? I guess that would make me a Jesusite. I like that, don't you? you, you? Will you be in that club? Stand on your feet, please. This ministry has been brought to you today